Sacramento Kings training camp inside the practice facility seems to be going very well based off of the videos, quotes, and audio that we've gotten. But how about getting someone who's actually been in the building here on Locked On Kings to tell us more about it? Sacramento Kings insider James Hamm is back on Locked On Kings. He hasn't seen everything. They're not showing everything to the media. Uh, but if there's information to be had, James Hamm has it. He's going to provide a lot of interesting context on what's going on with the possibility of a three-guard lineup. He's going to have some great things to say about Marvin Bagley as a stretch four and the work that he's been doing with Doug Christie and their relationship that's really starting to blossom. Talk about Tristan Thompson and what he could be on the floor and off the floor for this Kings team. There is so much for you to hear about training camp on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game -game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a uh, Sacramento sports media member, Sacramento Kings media member for the last seven years. This will be my eighth season covering the Kings, uh, formerly as a Sacramento radio host, now at a ABC 10 television, and I cannot wait for preseason to begin. Normally, I don't care too much about Kings preseason. There's some reasons to watch, but it's not all that interesting, of course, compared to actual opening day of the regular season and meaningful basketball, but there's going to be a lot to watch in these four Kings preseason games, get a glimpse of what the Kings rotations could look like, how the Kings play defensively, if they've improved defensively. Of course, they're going to be rusty. It's going to be sloppy and ugly at times, too, especially with the pace that the Kings want to play at offensively. Uh, there are going to be a lot of questions that we'll probably not get full answers to, but we'll at least have a better idea when this preseason is all said and done. But I'm very excited to have James Ham here back on Locked On Kings. The context that he's going to provide from training camp is really fantastic. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with the Sacramento Kings. Insider James Ham. Sacramento Kings preseason basketball right around the corner. Week one of training camp is in the books. And for head coach Luke Walton, this is his first normal training camp, even though it's his third season. So it's been a while since we've had something like this. But I have not been able to be inside the Sacramento Kings practice facility. But the vibes that I'm getting through social media, the vibes that I'm getting through posts from my guest James Ham today and through others who have been there, is that this training camp feels a little bit different. This team feels a little bit different. Every single season, we have the optimism and the, the hope going in that this will finally be the year. But something just feels different about this team. James Ham, Sacramento Kings insider, one of the absolute best to cover the Sacramento Kings, back with me here on the Locked On Kings podcast. And James, you've been in there. You've felt those vibes. You've seen uh, that atmosphere. Is it different in your mind? Yeah, I think it, there is a different vibe. Um, first of all, this is one of the deepest teams that the Kings have had in in a long time. Um, maybe the last year that DeMarcus Cousins was there where, uh, you know, they had a deep veteran squad and then it started to spin out midway through the season. They started to have injuries. Um, Rudy Gay popped his Achilles, all that stuff. And, and then they blew it up. Um, outside of that season, I think this is the, the deepest team 
Um, surprisingly, the talk of camp, um, you know, De'Aaron Fox is getting a lot of buzz just because he's bulked up. He's looked incredible. Um, Davion Mitchell has looked really good. Tyrese Halliburton seems like he can't miss a three. I watched him hit 20 straight from the, uh, the left elbow. Um, just boom, 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 boom. Just absolutely crazy. Everyone looks good, but the talk of camp is Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think to me, that's one of the strangest things. I didn't see it coming. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, outside of that, I, I think like, look, the overall vibe it's training camp. Every guys are excited. There's a good energy. There's a lot of players. I mean, 20 guys on the squad right now, the young guys are getting a lot of run after practice doing uh five on five full court stuff. Guys like Namias Keda, uh, you know, Emmanuel Terry, uh, Luke King, um, Chimezi, Damian Jones, uh, like you stack all those guys, uh, DJ Stewart, um, they're all on one side, Jemias Ramsey, Robert Woodard, and getting a lot of good burn. But then the core group of guys, you just look around and there's, there's a lot of different pieces that Luke Walton has to figure out how to fit into a puzzle. And, uh, I think it's some good stuff. I'm glad you brought up Tristan Thompson because he was one of the first that I wanted to ask you about. There's two sides of this coin for me. The the positive side, the light side is I was very impressed by his media day press conference, the leadership that he showed. Uh, I thought you could see the uh, influence that playing with LeBron James in Cleveland has on Tristan and him trying to bring some of that leadership uh, to this Kings team who has obviously struggled to to win and be successful uh, in recent memory. Even if some of their young guys, their core guys are are, are getting older like De'Aaron Fox. Um, and Davion Mitchell being a rookie, but being old for a rookie. Um, so there's there's that side of it. And then the other side of the coin is I remember Jabari Parker being the talk of training camp last season or the guy who impressed the most at training camp last season. That didn't really amount to anything. I imagine these are completely different, James. Yeah, that's not even a, I mean, you're right. I forgot about that. Uh, the talk early in camp was that just, he looked like he had refined his body and done so much work on his body. Um, and he was healthy, which is unusual. Uh, you know, he's a guy who Jabari, he's a good guy. Um, but not a leader, um, a, a little, a little eccentric, a little different. Um, so now when you look at what we're seeing from Tristan Thompson, I, I think it's interesting because let me say this, Matt, like I covered the Warriors championship runs when they're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers every year. I was in the locker room when the Cavs won the championship in, in, uh, Oakland. And, you know, I was there. I, I talked to Shumpert in the locker room. I talked to, I talked to those guys for a couple of seasons for a couple of weeks at a time where you'd be in there and you'd have conversations and Tristan Thompson he was under the radar because if you look at that team, they got a big personality and a guy like Shump, who's always going to be like a live wire, but you have LeBron, you have Kevin Love, you have J.R. Smith, who's another wild one. Uh, you had like the, the big time veteran guy and Richard Jefferson who had like, you know, fireside chats with, with media members and all that stuff. I think Tristan Thompson is just kind of flown under the radar uh, for a long time. And then once LeBron left again, it was kind of like he stepped, he said, I had to step up into a leadership role. I looked around the room. I'm the one who's been here. And now he's, he's bringing that personality into Sacramento. And I'll tell you, like, I, I don't know how much he's going to play this season. I, I think we have no idea. I think he's going to be in the rotation early. 
Um, I think he's going to, you know, he's a very good defender. He's a very good offensive rebounder. He's limited offensively. Um, but I think he can give you minutes. He's built. He's in great shape. Uh, he looks like he's ready. He did his research on Sacramento, so he didn't look like uh, like some guy who just got traded there and doesn't want to be there. He said all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hear the the Shumpert comparisons, and for people out there, I I don't buy that at all. Uh, like the two comparisons to me aren't even remotely close. Um, Shumpert is a personality, um, which is what we're seeing on Dancing with, with this uh, Dancing with the Stars. Uh, where Tristan Thompson is a guy who stepped up into a leadership thing uh, and into a leadership role. So, and I, and I also think Tristan Thompson, if you need him to, he can play 82 games. Mm. And, you know, if you're a team that's walking in the season and maybe Marvin Bagley's your starting power forward and has a history of injuries, you need a guy who, you know, you can count on day in and day out to go and play. And so I think Tristan Thompson's one of those guys that you can count on to be ready, even if it's for one season. One more thing really quick on on Tristan. You kind of alluded to this. I think Sacramento Kings fans are excited about what he can be in the locker room as a leader, but there are still question marks with what he's going to be on the floor. From uh, seeing drills and and videos that whether you've been there for those videos or just the videos that the Kings have posted separate from from the media being there, um, have you seen what kind of role or position Tristan has been playing? Primarily the five, primarily the four. Has he gotten run with a Fox and Halliburton lineup, assuming that he'd get minutes potentially with a significant amount of starters? Are we looking at a, a bench role? Have you gotten any kind of glimpse of what Tristan could be as part of this rotation? You know, it's funny. I asked him what his role might be. I asked him that this week and he said, you know, I haven't talked to Luke about it. He's like, but I'm close with Luke. He's like, we, we were teammates in Cleveland yeah. for a year and a half or two years. He's like, so I know him well. He's like, we just haven't had that conversation and neither is Buddy. Like I, I, we asked that question to Buddy and he just looks at us like, I don't know. What do you mean? I, I'm just here to play basketball. Um, like he, they, I don't think that they've had that moment where roles are defined. I think Monday is going to be really big. Like when they play the, the Phoenix Suns, it's going to be a really big moment where you start to see the, the rotation. But I mean, it doesn't take much to count 11 players. Like they have 11 NBA rotational players. And that's not including guys like Damian Jones and Chemezi Metu who finished last season in the rotation. But like Luke's going to have to get inventive, especially like natural centers. You know that you have, you know, Rashawn Holmes, who's your starter, uh, Tristan Thompson, Alex Len, who's your big, you know, shot blocking, defensive minded, punch in the face guy. Uh, but overall, I think the one besides the, like the good vibe in there, I also look around the room and see where last year they didn't have a single guy who would punch somebody in the face. Now maybe they have four or five that would punch somebody in the face. And to me, that's a good thing. You know, you know, guys like Davion, guys like uh, Terrence Davis, uh, Mo Harkless, uh, Alex Len, uh, Tristan Thompson, they're not going to take stuff. You know, they're not going to let uh, Valanchunas drag Chemezi Metu off the rim and break his wrist and not do anything about it. Metu uh, the might ne- not either. Metu threw a punch yeah. in summer league, so maybe he's grown in that role too. Yeah, yeah. The next time that happens, someone's getting laid out. Mm. That's, I mean, that's, and that's what has to happen if you're, if you're a team that wants to show some spine and some backbone and and not be a pushover, that's what has to happen. You have to have somebody who's willing to step in and thump somebody on occasion. 
and you don't want people to get hurt or anything like that, but that's an ingredient to NBA basketball. And if you don't have it, uh, then you're going to be a little, a little tasteless, a little vanilla, you know, uh, you're not going to have that, that extra ingredient that, that makes the punch that puts it all together. And so hopefully, you know, Tristan Thompson can be that glue guy, even if it is standing on the bench and yelling and screaming and directing. And I'll, I'll like add this too. Um, he also was with the new defensive coordinator for like four or five seasons in Cleveland. So he's a coach on the floor. He's a guy who already knows the system, already knows the terminology. So when someone has a question, he can say, hey, look, this is what you got to do. This is this is what we're trying to do, and this is what he's saying. Um, he can be the translator, which is good. Today's Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Indeed.com. General managers ask questions to find the right players, like do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills that you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, including interviewing. Don't just hope for your perfect candidate. Indeed's hiring tools will help you cut through the noise and hire faster and smarter. Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed will send be sent to you the moment you post a sponsored job. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, that's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate. They're amazing flavors like raspberry, mint brown, brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, and more. These bars are delicious and they're healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. I recently had one of their newer bars, chocolate chip cookie dough sent to me. Oh, so good. Not as good as mint brownie, but very, very close. There hasn't been a built bar that I haven't liked, truthfully. Even I usually avoid like bars with nuts and stuff like that. I'm just not really into that. But even their their bars with nuts, I've I've enjoyed. It's it's hard to find a built bar that you do not like. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We finally got a video of something that I've been chomping on the bit for really for the last month. And that's De'Aaron Fox versus... Davion Mitchell. Now it was one possession and some say that Davion reached in doesn't matter. Davion was his disruptive on ball defense. Fox had to pick up his dribble, give up the ball, got the ball back quickly, did end up getting by Davion uh, in this clip. Didn't result in him scoring. He actually passed the, the ball up to, I think it was Damian Jones down low or no, maybe Damian Jones was the one who got the block. It was, it was Keta. Keta. Keta yeah. and Damian Jones got the block. Regardless, we finally got to see this one-on-one between the two of them. I love that video. I've watched that video a million times over and over again, just getting excited uh, about what the two can do on the floor together. And we've heard Tyrese Halliburton say he's tired of having Davion guard him. He wants to play alongside Davion. Have you gotten any more glimpses that the cameras haven't caught of Fox and, and Mitchell playing against each other or Halliburton Mitchell playing against each other? What have you seen with those dynamics? Yeah, they have not let us see any of the live action with the core group of, of rotational guys. So we've seen a lot of the younger guys play uh, like five on five. Um, even, you know, I don't think they have a full five. So Kachi is playing. Uh, and so 
uh, you haven't got to see all of that. Um, but what we are getting is like, the message is pretty clear. Like the guy is going to step in and, and be a sort of a, a chaos creator, a guy who wreaks havoc uh, on the defensive end. And not only that, but he's looked really good shooting threes. Um, you know, he's, he's with the guards that are shooting threes on most afternoons. Um, and, and he looks like he's worked really, really hard. And he's been in Sacramento almost the entire summer working with the training staff, working with ever, you know, with the coaching staff to kind of get up to speed and get ready. I think he's going to be a contributor. I don't know if he's going to play 20 minutes or he's going to play 24 minutes a game in his rookie season, but he's going to play. They're going to play a ton of three guard sets, uh, which I think a lot of people, you know, need to kind of relax on, you know, what they have and what they don't have at the small forward position. They still have Harrison Barnes there. They still have Mo Harkless who can play there. They still have Buddy Heald who can play there. Terrence Davis can probably go over there and play some minutes as a six foot four, like super athlete. So uh, like, look, I, I think that like sort of the stew has to simmer here for a little while and kind of figure out what they have. But I think Luke has a lot of pieces, which he did not have last year going into the season. We also got video, and I believe you were here for this, James. Uh, Marvin Bagley putting up threes with the guards, and I, it might have been your video of him hitting multiple corner threes in a row. What have you seen and heard about Marvin potentially being that stretch four in a Kings starting lineup? Yeah, I, I mean, I think at this point, like if we're looking at the Kings roster, there's only one starting job that's that's available. And, and so if you look at Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, and Holmes, I think all four of those guys are starting. Now who's the fifth? And I think the Kings can do a lot of different things. They can put, put Buddy at the three and move Harrison to the four and have great shooting but not great rebounding. They can leave Marvin out there and, and they can leave Harrison at the three and put Marvin out there. They could go with a powerhouse front line and go three guards. I mean, they have a lot of things that they can do here. And so I think it's possible. One of the, so Alex Len is also, you know, we've seen him shooting threes and you can't forget that. Like, I think it was three seasons ago, two and a half seasons ago in uh, Atlanta, he shot, I think it was 37.5% from three. Um, he was shooting threes nonstop and that, like if he can bring that and Marvin can bring that, then it becomes a lot easier to play a couple of extra bigs. Uh, Rashawn Holmes and Tristan Thompson are not going to shoot three pointers, but you need that spacer. And so like on paper, Harrison Barnes should be playing a lot of stretch four for this team. Um, but if Marvin Bagley's ready to play, he's healthy, he's hitting three point shots. He's learning the finer nuances from Doug and the uh, Doug Christie and the rest of the coaching staff. And, and again, he can space the floor, whether it's from the corners, from the top as a trailer, I think the Kings can actually be pretty intriguing. Um, and like I've always said, like the issues with Marvin that I've always had have nothing to do with him as a basketball player when he's healthy and on the court, I think he shows a ton of talent. The, the problems are number one, the, the noise that comes in off the court um, and then the injuries, but also just what those injuries mean for his development. It really is hard to continue to develop when you can't be on the floor and you can't be with your teammates learning, you know, again, the finer nuances of basketball, which is at the end of the day, it's everything, you know, the little tricks to the trade. The only way to learn those is by playing. And he just, you know, I, I think he's played 
51% of his games for his first three seasons. And that's just really hard. It's hard to like have continuity and grow and become that player. So I like him. I think he can actually help this team. I think he's still a really good fit if he chooses to buy in 100% and he starts to be able to play longer than I think his longest stretch of games now is 25 uh, that he's played and been healthy. And coming into the season, it was 20 and never played more than 20 consecutive games. And you need that long stretch where you can start to build on your knowledge base. To me, the best thing to come out of Sacramento Kings media day was the news that Marvin has been working specifically with Doug Christie. Now, uh, James, you and I have good relationships with Doug. We know him very well. We've worked with him for a while. And I know you you spoke about this a little bit with uh, D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320, but I wanted to get your, uh, your comments here uh, on Locked on Kings. I think Doug Christie could be, maybe with the exception of Rico Hines, the best person in that uh, organization to work with Marvin, not because he has oodles of coaching experience, but what I said on D'Lo and Casey was Doug is the kind of guy that will be Marvin's friend and support, but will not coddle him and will continue to challenge him. At least uh, from my understanding of who Doug Christie is as a basketball player and as a human being, your thoughts on that relationship forming and what that can do for Marvin. Yeah, I, I did get into this quite a bit on uh, with D'Lo and Casey and and look, my thought is this, uh, like I, I've known, I know Doug really well. Like we've spent like hundreds of hours in the car together, driving to and from the city, um, you know, during, you know, covering pregame and postgame. Um, I, I know like his passion for the game is crazy. Uh, he's always wanted to be a coach. So when he got the job, although it was like jarring and like what in the world just happened because no one knew that was coming. It's still, it wasn't a surprise because Doug's always wanted it. Um, and, and there were like three near misses, but like to wrap it up really succinctly and quick, Doug's path to the NBA was not easy. Mm-hmm. He, uh, wouldn't sign with the Seattle supersonics in his, after being drafted there because of some personal issues with George Carl in the front office, he got traded to the Lakers and was buried on the bench, hurt his knee, got traded to the Knicks was told by Pat Riley. He was never going to play and that he already had all of his guards and he, his best, I, plan would be to sit there on the bench and learn how to play defense. Doug had a lot of conversations with Herb Williams, who is a mentor for him and really helped him get through tough times. Doug ends up in Toronto, but now we're like four or five years into his career. He ends up in Toronto. Isaiah Thomas puts his arm around him and says, you're my guy. I I've watched you. I know what your potential is and we're going to use you the right way. He flourishes. He blows up. He becomes one of Tristan Thompson's favorite players as a small child And then he, you know, he gets traded for Corliss Williamson to the Kings and takes off on the Kings. But really, he was already doing what he's doing in obscurity in in Toronto. The reason why this matters is because Marvin Bagley's first three years are almost a throwaway. You know, like I almost look at Joel Embiid and I know Embiid missed what his first two seasons and then part of his his third season never looked like he was ever going to be healthy. And then all of a sudden he's the best center in the game. So. Like, I I think some people need to be a little bit patient, but I think, you know, like I always have this thing about self-made men in the NBA. Garrett Temple is a self-made man. He's a guy who went to Europe, who fought his way through the G League, you know, up and down with teams. When he got his contract with the Kings, I think his first year salary was triple, like all of his other salaries combined. Like he made it. Um, But 
those guys walk in the room and they have so much knowledge in just heartache and frustration and loss trying to get into the league. All of the the times that you think you've made a team and then they cut you two days later and bring in some guy that got waved somewhere else. Like that builds character. It, it builds a lot into a player and you see it when they walk in the door, you see it when they talk to people. And I think Doug has, even though he was a first round pick, even though he was extremely successful in the middle part of his career and the end, um, he also had all those heartaches and those, those pitfalls and those, you know, fits and starts. Uh, so I think he's a guy that can step in and really like connect with Marvin on a different level. Uh, Doug is a little spiritual. Um, he, he's a, a little, a little different all, all the way around it, for those who know him. Um, and, and so I, I think that there can be a connection there uh, that, and I don't think Doug, I think there would come a point where if the noise was happening outside again, where, you know, we're starting to get parents tweeting and doing silly stuff again. I think Doug would put his arm around Marvin and say, it's Marv, it's time to be your own man. It's time to tell somebody to back off and to stop interfering. And so like, look, I don't know that uh, I know they're working on some stuff. I'm not going to tell Doug's secret sauce and what they're working on. Um, but I do know they are working on some stuff and I, they're, they're just trying to make him feel like part of the family, get him on the court, try to get him working the, the right way. And who knows? I mean, his potential is still off the charts. And mm -hmm. if one guy can make a difference, I, I think Doug can be that guy for him. And, and that's cool. Locked on Kings is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football and basketball too. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at BetOnline. Well, compared to last season, you've already said it a number of times here on this uh, this episode that the, the depth is just night and day different. And like you've talked about, Luke Walton has to find, it's a good problem for Luke Walton to have, but he has to find a way to, to make that problem work. Right. And I've spent a couple of episodes uh, this week on lockdown Kings, talked about it a little bit with the athletics, Jason Jones, then did a full podcast myself, just talking about how this team probably is not going to necessarily have a set eight or nine man rotation where the same guys are playing the same minutes on a nightly basis with the, like you said, 11 and maybe even more NBA caliber players on this roster. We are going to see nights where Alex Len doesn't play and the next night he potentially plays heavy minutes depending upon what the matchup is down low. Like if you're facing a Denver Nuggets with a Nikola Jokic maybe and you just need that size down low and we know how many guards this team has. Maybe there's a night that Terrence Davis doesn't play and then the next three games he plays significant minutes. It's We're going to see that or at least that's what I believe we're going to see. It's about Luke Walton trying to figure that out. Would you agree with that assessment and what do you expect from... Actually, better question. Where is the line between properly utilizing the the depth and talent of your roster and getting too cute to where players don't know necessarily their defined roles and can't get into a rhythm because they don't know when they're going to be playing and when they're not. 
Yeah, I'd say this about Luke. One thing that I've noticed, it's it's almost like clockwork. He pulls a player out at the six minute mark, and then he puts that player back in with two and a half minutes left in the in the first quarter. Um, you know, he has like defined rotations where he's very specifically trying to keep different groups that he seen work together on the court. And, you know, there's going to be six or seven groups. It's, it's, um, I, I think at the end of the day, he's going to have a lot of difficult decisions and you're right. There are going to be players who are in the rotation for a while. And then all of a sudden they're not, and, and people are going to wonder what's happening and why. And the answer is there, there's just not enough minutes to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot play everybody 24 minutes a game or, or 22 minutes and try to keep everybody happy. It's just not how it works in the NBA. Somebody's going to lose out. <clears throat> but I would rather have the problem of having too much depth than not enough depth. And we're talking about 10 rotational players, right? Uh, 11 rotational players. Uh, number one, there could be a trade at any time where two of those players go for one player and mixes the whole thing up, right? We know that is is totally still a possibility. It could happen anytime. Uh, and then it could not happen. There's also a moment where someone gets hurt and all of a sudden we're right back down to 10. And all of a sudden someone else gets hurt and all of a sudden we're, we're starting to pull the Chemezi Metus and Damian Jones and, and Luke Kings into the mix. So I think there's, there's just so much more depth and, and really – this point i would say like competence they have more competent players players that are ready to play nba minutes and eat nba minutes where last year <clears throat> excuse me matt getting emotional <clears throat> thinking about this game. i know it's no exciting. i got i got something in my throat <laughs> uh there we go um like look I, I just think that it's it's a good thing to to be in this position and and matt we haven't even talked about covid mm-hmm. like we're in COVID times. Mm. We don't know if there's going to be a point where three people can't play mm-hmm. or four people get sit down at one time. You're going to need depth. And again, last season they walked in, I, I, I believe with six real players that they thought were ready to play in their rotation. And that that's just not enough. And one of those players was Tyrese Halliburton and you had no idea he was going to be that good. Right. So like, look, I, I think it's, this is a new year. It's a, it's a new look. Um, there's going to be lots of rotational moves, lots of guys, lots of feeling out here in preseason. Um, but at the end of the day, like Luke's not going to go with, he said at the other day, I'm not going to start my five best players. I'm going to start the five guys to give me the best chance to win. And that's, that's what he's going to do. And so hopefully, hopefully it works. Hopefully they've got the, the right combinations on, on the whiteboard and can figure out. But also if things aren't working, like they didn't last year where they had certain rotations that just fell apart and got hammered every single time they're on the court together. Well, then you just take a big red marker and black those ones out and say, we're not going back to that group. We're going to try something different. We'll add a different piece to that group, pull a different piece. You know, you can have a lot more adjustments. And so I, I think it's good. The versatility of this team, even if they have a little bit of, uh, of strangeness and too many bigs and like, I still think that there's good versatility here as well. 
It's not always easy to get up and get excited for four preseason games when you're that close to the regular season starting, but uh, I think a lot of fans are anxiously awaiting these four preseason games just to get a glimpse of what these rotations are going to look like. James Ham is the Sacramento Kings insider for a reason, taking us inside uh, Kings training camp, and it's always a pleasure to have James on Locked on Kings. Hell, I'd have him on every week, every day, uh, if I could, just for the insight that he provides. But James, you've been a great friend of the show. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to have you back on next. Can't wait to hopefully be seeing you at the Golden One Center soon. We'll actually have somewhat of a normal atmosphere, we think, with with Kings fans in the Golden One Center. It's been a long time uh, coming for that, so the home opener should be very, very exciting as well. Uh, And like Tristan Thompson said, the Kings have expectations and a desire to to hit the ground running and get off to a a good start this year, and they're going to need to uh, while maybe some of the veteran teams are are napping a little bit and take until December to get going, according to Tristan Thompson. So we'll have to wait to see how everything plays out, James, but thank you so much for coming on again, my friend. I can't wait to do it again. Thanks, Matt. Always a pleasure to have James Ham here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Really appreciate his time. Uh, and I want to know how you're feeling now that you've heard a little bit about what's been happening inside the Kings practice facility at training camp. Are you more excited for this season? Are you hopeful? Maybe more than years past. Are you cautious? You don't want to get yourself uh, and get those hopes up only to be let down like we have been in the past. Let me know how you're feeling at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com or if you're watching on YouTube, leave uh, your thoughts in the comment section down below. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week with Kings preseason basketball and everything still to cover to get us ready for meaningful Kings basketball. Maybe some questions answered will break down uh, the the Kings first preseason game in Phoenix or against Phoenix rather. And we'll talk about uh, everything that there is Kings basketball from these preseason games. So until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.